tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know who we are. You know who I am. You know who I'm here to do. I'm here to, yes. Joining me as always on the ones and two. Well, not always. Mysteriously, he wasn't here last <laughs> week. And we all thought he could be dead. Uh, but he is not. The resurrection has happened. My good friend and yours, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? Thanks for all the love. I had people texting me. You texted me. Johnny texted me. I felt all special. I felt famous for once. White people get worried. Yeah, you guys were worried for this Mexican. You uh, And according to you, uh, when a Mexican goes missing, you guys will give it three days. Yeah, 48 hours. That's it. After 48 hours, first 48. Ryan's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, tell, uh, real quick, uh, how is George Prez Stories going? That's your podcast. Yeah, it's my other podcast that I do that I produce. It's me, uh, George Prez. It's called George Prez Stories, and it's just fun. He's a DJ at a strip club, so you can imagine what type of shit we talk about. Sounds glorious. Also, uh, over here, uh, to know him is to love him. Apparently, he's a podcast god. Uh, he was named Podcaster of the Week by Podcast Magazine. Uh, please welcome Johnny Woodard, a.k.a. Johnny Nice. What's going on, buddy? How's it going? Johnny, we did a uh, epically long uh, Broken Sim yesterday. Mm, When's yeah. that drop? Um, well, it'll be on Patreon right now if you want to go to the Broken Sim Patreon uh, and un- unedited. And then it should be out. I'm aiming for this weekend. I'm going to try like So it should be two weeks from now. No, it, it definitely won't be that long because we have ad commitments. So uh, Ad commitments. So check out the Patreon. Check out the podcast. It's loved. It's basically, we call it the uh, the Sports Center for the Apocalypse, guys. Uh, I have some amazing stuff going on. I'm very excited. I am going to be in Wisconsin this weekend. Yes, all this week. Thursday through Saturday, that's September 10th through the 12th, I will be live at the the Skyline Comedy Club. That's Skyline Comedy Club. SkylineComedy.com. Go check that out. Should be a good time. Zane Helberg's with me. Then the following two weeks after that, I am, a, which would be September 24th through the 26th, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I am playing Good Nights with my good friend, John Toll. He'll be there. John Toll, the man who loves to use a thousand words. He'll be there joining us. So I'm very excited to gig with him and we'll probably do a podcast together. And then finally, October 1st through the 3rd, I will be at the uh, St. Louis uh, Heliums. Go check that out. That's uh, at St. Louis Heliums and I will be out there as well. So super excited to be there. I got shows coming up. I'm doing Cleveland uh, and October as well. Couple great shirts are coming out, dude. We got some great shirts. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to uh, tinfoilhattshirts.com. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com and you will see we got we got uh, Rage on behalf of the machine. <laughs> we got the Joker t-shirts. We got Rick and Morty t-shirts. We got hoodies. Hoodie we got season. Hoodies. 
hoodies. We got lady shirts. It's a great way. Tin foil hat t-shirts. Dot com and uh, if you were looking for some extra shows, we got a bunch of uh, Patreons here. Uh, we have a uh, Patreon for the Tim Fall Hat. It's ever I'm putting up three to five podcasts every week on there. It's patreoncom Hat. and uh, you can get those daily doses. You get uh, Tuesday Woo Day Q and A every Tuesday, and then I have a fun show. I do with my good friend Brian Callen. He doesn't believe in any conspiracies. We definitely argued for about 30 minutes on whether Lady Gaga uh, uh, worships the devil and he refuses <laughs> to admit it, but we all know it's true. So if you're looking for it, go to patreon.com slash conspiracy social club. Uh, myself and a lizard person. The other day I asked him what the uh, what what were CFR Christmas parties like? So uh, that's a whole fun episode right there. And then I got a spiritual podcast it's called zero it is available exclusively on rockfin go to rockfin r-o-k-f-i-n.com slash zero it is spiritual podcast and i love it man i just had um i just had uh, who i've had done some great shows on gnosticism uh, I, I mean, it's just a wonderful. I had Graham uh, Dunlop from uh, the Grimerica there. So I uh, just had them. We talked about spirituality and recovering. So that is it. Let's get to it. Guys, uh, this guy is the basically the glue of a, of a group called the Union of the Unwanted, where all the uh, independent researchers and podcasts get together, talk about the, the, the week that was in conspiracies, in politics, censorship's a big thing, uh, all the taboo subjects, your, all your favorites get together. Uh, he's got a great podcast, man, called R. Big dumb mouse. Please welcome Midnight Mike, everybody. How are you? In Midnight Mike, we trust, I always say. Hey, thanks, Sam, Johnny, X. Uh, thanks for having me back. I really no, appreciate it. No, we really appreciate it. We got great feedback on last time, and uh, you really do uh, do so much uh, amazing things for the Union of the Unwanted. Uh, the Unwanted. Uh, you do great jobs on so I'm really appreciative. Can you tell us about your uh, podcast, Our Big Dumb Mouth, real quick? Yeah, uh, I started the podcast back in 2005, 2006. Whoa! It's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, been, do it's been going for a while. <laughs> and uh, I, I tell everyone this up front. It is like a mix of like Art Bell and Opie Anthony and Howard Stern. It literally, if you listen to two episodes, you'll probably get it, but it does require two episodes. It's like <laughs> a lot of sound effects, a lot of different stories, conspiracies, current events, a lot of goofing around. It's fun. What is the reaction to that? Because there's a segment, and not out all of them, the Swarm. Good morning, Swarm. Uh, they're wonderful people. Um, but there is a segment of the group that's very serious about everything. Uh, I get a lot of they neg react negative feedback. A lot of negative <laughs> feedback. <laughs> yeah. People take everything so serious. It's like uh, there's a with any community, there are zealots in it. And if you dare to poke fun or humor about any one of the subjects, whether it's missing 411, UFOs, or the paranormal, they take it as a personal affront to their belief system, and then they'll call you names. Uh, how many times you get called? What do you get called more? Uh, a shill or a uh, gay Jew? <laughs> I get well. I, I it's like uh, you get you usually get accused of not knowing anything, not doing your research, <laughs> uh, making fun of dead people. Uh, <laughs> and granted, they they're probably right about all that stuff, but. <laughs> 
what am I supposed to do? Not have fun? Like, I mean, that's I, I like to goof around. And it's one of the benefits of doing the shows is is to have fun with your friends. And if something comes up that's a little darker in nature, I, I don't think anything is too much of a taboo to not make fun of or talk about. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting because we do those dangerous shows as well. And people have weirdness. It's like, this isn't the show for you. If, you know, you want to get emotional about crap, go watch The View. This isn't The View. We have these dangerous talks, and it's like doesn't mean we, we're co-signing on anything. We're just having a discussion about it, and that's what's the beauty of being an independent uh, entertainment. We don't have to play by anybody else's rules, and if you can't, listen, man, I'm putting out so many podcasts. If you don't like this one, stop it. Go listen to another one. There's so many of them. Just calm down. It's like, it's like you know, it's like... My whole opinion on Joe Rogan, and he's my good friend, I love him, a lot of people are getting really angry because they think he's not keeping true to the, what the earlier show was. And, I, and I'm like, you know, when it was smaller, you had more, more room to n navigate. Now it's so big, man. And let's face it, dude. Everybody on the show's done the show for a while. Mike's done his show. It's almost old enough to drive his show, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, the yeah. truth is dangerous. It's dangerous. And it's so sad that that's real. But the truth is dangerous. It, it, I mean, it, it can be to people who are locked into a belief system. If they're not open right. to it. I know the, the, the word conspiracy is now super taboo. Um, and regardless, I'm not trying to convince anybody. All I'm trying to do is present options about reality. That's it. Present options using your imagination some fun thought experiments, and hopefully have some good conversations along the way. Dude, people were getting upset at the comedy store. On Saturday, we were just talking, saying jokes, and some lady started recording us, some black chick started recording us, flipping us off, had to leave. Everybody was like, she was making a big deal because we were talking some shit, we were talking some shit. We're at the comedy store. It's jokes. Like, the guy was going ham about them stealing TVs. And it was just like, they get mad about everything. I'm like, you're at the comedy store. This is the only place you shouldn't be getting mad at. Flipping us off in it front of everybody. It was so funny because we were inside and like you wouldn't know anything was going on. Outside is like a race riot's about to pop off, but nobody seems to care. It was kind of like when we did the uh, the uh, End of the World podcast during the election. Like inside the comedy store, all these great comics. Everyone's laughing about the world's burning, right? Outside chaos dude like people couldn't come to grips with what was going on with the election uh but yeah man i'm super excited to have you on one thing real quick i didn't mention what is the name of it tinfoilhatswag.com yeah these are our new cups everybody look how cool that is it's got my cute face right there i'm sorry about that but look what it says on the side wake the fuck up so that's a great way to support the show as, as well go to uh tinfoilhatswag.com and you'll be able to get that. There will be a time, everybody, where there will be one website. Trust me on that. I'm working on that. That's the next evolution of the show. One stop. Okay. Uh, Midnight Mike. First of all, where'd you get the name Midnight Mike? My my. I used to play in a metal band, and my drummer would call me Midnight Mike because I would always like he would never catch me at home, and I'd always come back home at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, that kind of stuff. And I don't know. It's the goofy name he gave me. I, I think he was trying to make fun of me. But, uh, I think it's the it just, best name ever. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I it's like, hey, it stuck with me. Why not? It's not Johnny Nice, but it is right there. I say it's like <laughs> right. It's Johnny Nice and Midnight Mike. Now that is the greatest morning show of all time, right there. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so something we talked about before, uh, a subject that I've been asked about forever. Johnny kind of brought it up on the last show because it's such an interesting topic, and that's the missing 411. Now, I always called it the missing 411, but apparently that's just in my head. Uh, the missing 411 sounds like a great band, by the way, and um, it's an interesting topic. Where do you want to start? So I'll, I'll, I'll start with that title. I think it is technically called Missing 411. I pronounce it Missing 411. I've been called various names and threatened for calling it Missing 411. <laughs> Who call, um, who's getting mad at you? <laughs> trust me, dude. But you're going to get comments on this, but with this episode. You put Missing 411 in title, you're going to get comments, I promise you. Um, I'll start with this. So um, – Missing 411 is a phenomenon or a set of data that was discovered by a former detective, David Politis. Uh, I'm in no way affiliated with Missing 411. I just, I'm a fan of the subject matter. I read a lot of books on it. Um, and I urge anybody who's curious about the subject, go order the books directly from David Politis. Go to canammissing.com and purchase directly through him, not on Amazon, because Amazon and those resellers will overcharge you. So, now that that is out of the way, disclaimer, um, where we'll start is people have been going missing in very peculiar ways. And what David Politis discovered is certain hallmarks of very curious uh, anomalies uh, concerning certain people that go missing in primarily, not all the time, primarily national parks. And the, the data points that he discovered that he includes in his books are People that go missing, uh, usually canines that are called out to do search and rescues, they cannot pick up the scent of the person. Uh, sometimes the dogs will show up, they'll, they'll initially catch the scent, and then they will just give up. Like they can't, they can't track the scent any further. Either they'll just go in a circle, lay down, or they just lose interest altogether. Another point is that when a person goes missing and search and rescue is called out, uh, there tends to be some sort of a weather event, whether there is um, a blizzard or a storm, some sort of major weather event that winds up impacting the search in a negative way. So they either have to halt. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, another another uh, interesting tidbit is that when a person goes missing and their body winds up uh, turning up again, it's usually in an area that was previously searched an area that was combed over many times. And then a few days later, the body winds up right there in a place that was already looked through. That's um, so interesting, dude. It, it gets creepy and it gets creepier. Oh. Another, another is pieces of clothing go missing. That includes shoes. A lot of times the victims are found without shoes on. Um, like they'll find a body. It'll have the socks on. It'll be, yards and like hundreds of yards away from where it went missing where they went missing and their socks are completely clean so where why take off the shoes why take off the clothing what happens there um that's also creepy David, like, as shit yeah who's doing like, dry cleaning while they're murdering somebody 
it, 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 it gets bizarre. So, and he also discovered people that the, the typical time when someone goes missing is usually late afternoon or early evening, right around, you know, the dusk areas. Um, oftentimes uh, people are found, uh, their bodies are wound up uh, in uh, near creeks, rivers, ponds, lakes, and streams. So bodies of water. And oftentimes around uh, boulders and large deposits of granite. Um, and That's you can also include so in the crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it gets crazy. And then he also knows uh, and, and discovered that there's all there's tends to be a point of separation where there's uh, a group of uh, like hikers. Let's say there's like five hikers. And then someone in the back of the line says, I got a headache. I'm going to go back to camp. And that's the last time that person is ever seen again. Dude, that's but, so uh, creepy, dude. Do you is your uh, is your intuition that the headache or you know the the reason for going back to camp is somehow part of it? Like there's some kind of some kind of uh, I don't know. It, uh, it, it appears. It appears, um, and David has talked about this. That I mean, there are stories where it, it it's a sudden onset of a sickness or some sort of ailment that will cause the person to leave the group. Uh, so whether that is an outside force or something internally, uh, it appears as though it might be some external force causing that illness to force the separation from the main That's group. That's fascinating. It kind of reminds me of, you remember those, uh, what were they, kind of energy weapons that were being directed at, what, the embassy in Cuba? Uh, or something? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of it sounds like that, right? The symptoms of that. which were like, just, a, like a sonic weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weapon, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. That's kind of interesting, right? That they used that and all those people got sick. Yeah, that, I mean, little no one. It, uh, there's also another sonic attack in, that happened in uh, China as well. That's not really widely known, but there was one in Cuba, like you mentioned, and then there's one in China, and then the, the sonic attack in Cuba. It wind up causing like massive brain hemorrhage to the people, like Jesus. it severely affected them, like beyond what we would just consider like a loud noise it impacted their uh, their brain in significant ways did they recover from that brain i think some of them did but i think there's long lasting effects and yeah. they there was a there was a rumor that uh and, and speculation it was just super loud crickets how stupid is that shit <laughs> come like, on yeah <laughs> all right guys quick message guys 2020 has been at least a complete and utter chaos but guess what there is some light and that is screwball peanut butter whiskey we got peanut butter whiskey the gods have spoken okay finally finally some peanut butter whiskey man uh screwball tastes great on its own okay it's it's great for shots on the rocks you name it it's awesome but it's also an amazing compliment to your other liquors okay add it to any cocktail for a whole new experience it's extremely versatile it's the perfect addition to anything you are drinking be your own bartender in these uh crazy crazy cons quarantine times okay pour it over ice add it to coffee big scoop of vanilla bean ice cream you name it goes great with screwball make your own special adult dessert okay made by a husband and wife team with an american whiskey it's an american story everybody if you knew where this guy came from he came from a third world country came here only in his jean shorts and he came to the top yeah wow it's american story dude <laughs> And this guy started an amazing restaurant in California, and at some point, the gods looked down and gave him the idea for a little peanut butter 
whiskey. And that's what is. That's why America's amazing, everybody. And this story is it, okay? Uh, Screwball, the original and most awarded peanut butter whiskey is now available near you, okay? Uh, at 70 proof, enjoy a neat or on the rocks in your favorite cocktail. Pick up Screwball at your local store or get it delivered today, okay? Ready to get screwed? Okay, hashtag get screwed, okay? Go to screwballwhiskey.com for more information and click on the buy now. Please drink responsibly. Advertised by Screwball Spirits, LLC, San Diego, California. Whiskey with natural flavor, 35% alcohol. Please drink responsibly. Okay, let's get back to it. Hey, Mike. Mike, you've heard of the Happy Face Killers, right? I have. Uh, That's obviously a a serial killer or whatever. You don't think these 411s have anything to do with that? Do you think it could be a serial killer or you think it's more paranormal? Well, uh, I, it's possible that some could be like the smiley face killers. I, I know just a little bit about it, and uh, it w- that would be a collection of serial killers that would span the the country and or and or the the globe, kind of taking people in a very similar fashion. It's a possibility in some of the cases, uh, but some of the cases are so bizarre that uh, I doubt it's not it's not impossible. I doubt a killer necessarily would be involved because you're out in the, uh, a very remote uh, piece of, of land here in America. And how would they carry a body away and then to return the body to a location that is currently being searched by search and rescue people? Uh, it seems very dangerous. If you're a serial killer, why would you try to return the body to a place that was previously searched? And you know humans are there. It, uh, it wouldn't make much sense if you want to keep on doing the crime. Not impossible. I just don't think it's a likely scenario in a good chunk of these cases. Um, I'll I, give you for instance. I can give you for instance right here. Yeah, go, 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 go. Yeah. So one of the most, um, I guess, interesting cases for a missing four eleven uh, scenario would be Henry McCabe. Henry McCabe. He was thirty two years old when he dis- uh, disappeared. He went missing. Uh, he was a professional. He was out drinking with some friends. They uh, dropped him off at a convenience store, and uh, he never made it home. Now, he did wind up trying to call his wife on the way home. And there is an interesting uh, piece of audio here. Now, this is very hard to come by. Uh, I, had to, I had to go back through my archives and, and pick this out. It has since been back online. But I can play you the news report. This is how the news reported this, and then we can talk about what is actually being conveyed through this voicemail All message. All right, dude. This is creepy. So take a listen to this news report from ABC. This is from 2015. Oh, hold on one second. Let me turn on my, uh, my audio here so you guys can actually enjoy the audio with me. Here we go. It's a voicemail unlike anything you've ever heard before. There are two minutes worth of noises, bizarre ones. But very little actual talking. Authorities confirmed the disturbing middle-of-the-night call came from Henry McCabe's cell phone. It was Labor Day, September 7th at 2.28 in the morning. McCabe's worried wife 
heard the message. His and my cell phone connected. Minnesota Community Policing Services is a nonprofit agency. It acts as a go-between with police and the Liberian community. The leader is trying to help the family make some sense of this recording. The growls turned to high-pitched moans. Like, so, like, like he's moaning in pain. Like moaning in pain. The tortured grunts suddenly stop. There is silence. Then someone, either oh. Henry or another person, says, stop it. I try to picture where he was, um, what it might have been like, what circumstances would have made him sound like that. The voicemail is in stark contrast to other articulate recordings of McCabe speaking at an event. He's a state auditor. What is the justification? What is the right thing to do? The message is one piece of evidence Moundsview police are reviewing. Oh the police chief tells God. me even the FBI is analyzing the recording and voices for clues. The chief says the investigation took deputies here on Tuesday. <laughs> to Rice Creek Park, which borders New Brighton, Moundsview, and Fridley, all areas where McCabe was reported seen or a cell phone ping placed him. Ramsey County Water Patrol searched but came up empty. Yeah, he was found in water. Uh, they 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 said the cause was drowning, but he was also in a previously searched area. Now, as you heard, the FBI came in and grabbed that that piece of audio. I actually contacted a news station because the news station used that in their uh, their piece to to use in their news report. They never got back to me. I contacted the police department to see if I can get the raw audio. They never got back to me. Did they play the stop it? Him saying stop it in that report. Uh, no, they did not. That's I don't. I don't think I heard it. Yeah, I didn't hear it because that's waiting because that's gonna be creepy. Like, who's saying stop it? Yeah, yeah stop what? What are those clicks and pops? That's so bizarre. It is. It's probably one of the most creepy pieces of audio I've ever heard because of all the surrounding uh, circumstances of his disappearance. And once you start reading about other missing four eleven cases, like, oh my god, is there something out there? stalking and hunting people have you played um, this backwards <laughs> no i have not i have not played please it backwards do not. i would love please to. do I not would, please dude, do not there has to be something taking people because a lot of kids have gone missing straight from the car like buckled in ready to go like kind of like yeah uh-huh well and this yeah this, absolutely hold on. This so much hold yep Hold it's on. a camp. You go camping with your family. You're chilling, and all of a sudden, you go to the bathroom. The kids, you know how you buckle them in. All of a sudden, the kids unbuckle. It's gone missing. And what do you do? You assume your kid can't walk away that far, right? They'll find the kid like three miles later, three days later after where they searched. Like he says, it makes no sense. It doesn't. It's so a, a lot. Of, a lot of times, uh, the people who get abducted. There's some profile points. Hyper intelligent. Of German descent. What? what? It's that specific? Yeah, he, he is just like, if you're of German descent and you are uh, fairly intelligent, like a doctor or a scientist, you're more likely to go missing. Also, a kid um, that happens to have a disability or an illness, they're also mo uh, more likely to go missing in the missing 411 profile as well. Oh, that's oh my God. There was, there was just a kid uh, 12 months ago, Nora and uh, Corinne, in Malaysia, who uh, was on vacation with her family. She went missing for 10 days. They, they found her less than a mile away from the resort. And they claimed that she died of star starvation within seven days. And she had a mental uh, disability, learning impaired. And how do you die of starvation within seven days? 
Now, there was a shaman that came on the scene and said she was actually taken by a genie. And um, they are right now. There's a lawsuit going on between the family and the 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 people who manages the resort of like, why is this not an actual criminal investigation of an abduction, a kidnapping? And how does our kid die of starvation and stress within seven days? Well, if you say if 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 you're really saying they died of starvation and stress within seven days, then there should be some kind of, I mean, neglect involved there because for someone to be in that poor health to begin with, I don't don't know. That's just. Yeah, it, it usually will take uh, an, a, an adult about 40 days to die of yeah. completely really? starvation. Wow. Damn, dude. So that so it's like now so it's not just in like one particular forest. It's no. in many national parks. Are are there any national parks that are more mysterious than others where more of these cases have happened? Is there anything similar about these forests? I know you said like uh, did you get a description of where they? I, I've been in shock the whole time. Have you? Get, did you get a description of what the surrounding areas have in common? So I guess the commonalities. Um, so as to answer your first question, I believe David has identified Yosemite National Park as one of the the one of the epicenters of like some of the most interesting cases and the largest number of clusters when the, with the missing four eleven profile. Uh, but the, I guess the commonality would be the large deposits of granite, and within those granite could uh, also contain quartz crystals. Uh, that's something to take note of. Uh, also, a lot of times, now David really hasn't mentioned this, but other people have put this together, that the cave system, there's a cave system throughout the United States, and the cave system kind of links up pretty closely to a lot of these clusters that uh, David Flaitas has identified. So you have a large uh, cluster of people who go missing, and then you have a cave system that is fairly close by. And if you look at the missing 411 map, maybe I can bring it up on screen and show it to you guys, that the center of the United States of America is pretty clean. Not a lot of, not a lot of disappearances going on through the, the, the center of the United States of America. Uh, but in the book Off the Grid, David has identified uh, people within cities who go missing in very mysterious ways. So it's not, it's not uh, something that's unique to national parks and um, in, in forested areas. There are mysterious dis- disappearances happening everywhere. It's just he's identified clusters that are pretty much uh, federal, federally owned property, pretty much are, national uh, parks. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smartass here, and I'm not doing this towards you. I'm doing this towards the concept, which is yeah. aren't all – missing people mysterious like what 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 characteristics do these particular missing people have that they would be thrown under the 411 and why is it 411 by the way have have you answered that yet i i think it's just uh 411 isn't that isn't 411 just a name another like dial that for information you know so there's uh I, I think that's what David. Yeah, Pettis, like uh, is you have the four one one. You got the four one one. Yeah, like, you yeah. yeah. Oh, you want some four one one? Okay, I get that. Yeah. I thought maybe it had to do with a number. That a oh, number. No. Of people are the numbers missing. are like in the thousands, right? Uh, yeah, he's identified at well over a thousand uh, people that have gone missing in these unique ways, like uh, victims being found in areas that have been pre- previously searched, uh, uh, time of disappearance, um, 
uh, like these weird things. Like there's an, there is a for instance that this kid who went missing, uh, they searched, uh, they searched for for days and days and days, probably upwards of ten days. They found no no body, no identifiable thing that led to give any indication what happened to this kid. A year later, some hunters were in the area and they found uh, the uh, the remnants of a skull and the clothing of this kid neatly folded and placed upon a log. What? Those are the those are the kind of things that would make a missing 411 case uh, unique versus something that is uh, just a normal run-of-the-mill missing person or some abduction scenario due to a family member or a close personal friend. Oh, my. God. Well, the reason David gets uh, discredited is because he's a Bigfoot believer. Yeah. Yeah, he that's does. why he gets discredited. Uh, that when people, you, he brings it up, no matter that he works for the FBI, it doesn't matter. Once he says, I'm a Bigfoot believer, people are like, fuck this guy. Literally. Well, they're because they're looking for yeah. a reason to get out. Yeah. They're looking for a reason not to believe. It's why a lot of, and th- we're not going to have a debate on this, it's why a lot of people are closeted flat earth people. Yeah, My, just like closeted Trumpers. Yeah, closet. My, that's a great example. Closet and Trumpers. My head's still spinning over that call. That's just so well, disturbing. That well, call. I mean, and his his body, right? Was I mean, everything was consistent with drowning. Is that what the forensic people were saying? Well, they found him in water. Um, but I mean, so there were like, no, there were no like he wasn't like harmed in any way physically. Like it didn't seem and, like and an th- animal attack or something. There's not, uh, there wasn't, uh, from what I read, not uh, uh, a lot of abrasions on him that uh, would uh, indicate so a struggle. Well, one of the things that David has discovered that only happens in uh, a private autopsy if the family, the family winds up spending money is that uh, there winds up being, in, in some of the bodies, an extra high level of GHB, which Ooh. is the date rape drug. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, that's what he has discovered. Now, GHB does naturally occur in your body, but he has found it uh, at much higher levels than what would normally occur uh, after death. And um, that's another little variable to this that makes it all the more intriguing. Are people being paralyzed by something, being drugged away uh, to some area where they are then kept and then either killed released or something it's almost like a catch release or kill scenario you know something that's what interesting about that so we had feeding to urius on and he was talking about how like how if you take a look at like aliens and their relationship to us and like how we're so shocked when let's say a human body's been mutilated right which is shocking obviously to everybody but to aliens it's no different than us taking a pig to slaughter right these are we we see unfortunately the way we treat pigs who are highly intelligent um we take them to slaughter and we we kill them everyone's like i love bacon you're like okay man we're killing very smart animals um but, you know, the way aliens look at us, like where we could be their pigs, meaning they could be just using, kidnapping us, doing their experiments on us, and just throwing away the body parts. So what if what if there's just some intergalactic fucking roofiers out there or maybe Bigfoot's out there fucking roofing people, doing weird <laughs> shit to them, and then just, I mean, folding the clothes seems like really crazy. Well, we freak out when uh, we see cow mutilation. That 
what is it the cow mutilations that they do on the cow mutilations yeah, yeah. We, we freak out when we see that when we do that shit all the time yeah like why the fuck are we freaking out when aliens are doing it and they do it pretty well that is a great point like we send them to slaughter constantly yeah. but when some's in the middle of fear we're like oh my god yeah. the humanity <laughs> It, in, there's a there's another book called Into Nowhere, which is written by Thomas Briggs, and this guy actually went through a lot of the data that uh, David Pilate has put out, and I, I, I talked to the author a little bit, and what he is kind of insinuating here is that there are hunting grounds and almost uh, like a small migration pattern of, of hunting that is going on, uh, and he doesn't identify exactly what is going on. And David Pilatus doesn't comment officially on what he is, go what he thinks is going on, but he does leave some tidbits here and there. If you listen to his talks, he'll mention a UFO story that happens in a, in a, a location that is missing 411, uh, missing 411 cluster. He will uh, tag on interesting stories at the end of his book. Like one uh, he mentioned in uh, his latest book, Missing 411, Land, Air, and Water, where he mentions the story of Craig, uh, Craig Guyman. He was a hunter. He was an elk hunter. He went out uh, with his buddy. He thought he shot an elk, so he dismounted from his horse, went over to investigate. That's the last time anybody saw him. They sent out a search and rescue party. They found him below a tree with a broken femur and all his clothes removed, and as if he was trying to crawl away from a tree, and as if he was... He had his belt tied around him like he tried to tie himself to the tree to get away from something on the ground. It, so David put this in his book, but he also tagged it, linking it to another story of Donald Shrum, which Donald Shrum is a, a hunter who went out hunting in, a in 1960s with his buddies. He got separated. And Donald Shrum tells a story uh, that he fought off aliens no. he had to tie himself to a tree he saw two humanoid aliens approach him uh he kicked down at him and threw stuff at him then two more robotic aliens approached the bottom of his tree released gas up into him to try to knock him down so donald was uh, continually passing out and waking up and battling with these guys to stay in the tree that lasted all night until they gave up and left hold on now, this is this a guy named Donald Trump or is this, this the president Donald Trump? Don Donald Shrum. Shrump. Shrum. Oh, 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 I was going to be like, that's the greatest story never told before. And I, <laughs> that should be the whole episode right there. Wow. Dude, I, but, listen, man, it goes back to like, it's like when I get like really nervous about talking about the occult, man, it's like you're going to let shit in. But, you know, it's like you can't understand this until you accept that it happens. And once you accept that things like this happen, you start seeing these things more and more and more. I heard that Ronald Reagan uh, piloted the UFO. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's a good pilot. Yeah, he's a war guy. <laughs> oh, but, so he, but David does leave these little tidbits in here. Uh, linking back to like UFO stories, but it's not necessarily UFOs because he also links back to stories and uh, talks about people seeing translucent figures in the woods, in the trees, translucent figures like the predator from the movie, uh, the predator in predator part two. Sounds like your story, uh, right? The, the guy, what's who's, that? 
Sam, who you said saw like a translucent sort of figure. Yeah, climbing. the guy I was going to be like, did I tell that story already? But I'll tell it again. Please do. The guy who was, I'm trying to get this dude to find the contact to talk to this guy. Uh, the guy he did acid with in um, um, Tacoma. But so he did a podcast. He had people call in. This guy calls in about the time him and his wife and his dog were driving. They pull over on the side of the road. They're deep in the forest. They pull up to the side of the road. The dog kind of runs off and he goes out there to get the dog. It's late. And, and all of a sudden he looks up and there's like what what looks like a giant green screen. Like a humongous green screen. And on this green screen is some sort of like humanoid thing that is crawling up the green screen. And then it stops and it looks and it, can, it sees him. And they both freeze. The thing freezes. He freezes. And then it goes kind of camouflage. But you know when you see cam, you can still kind of see it. It starts crawling down. He starts freaking out. He looks where his dog is. His dog has already ran back up to the car. So much for man's best friend, right? <laughs> runs up to, runs up the uh, uh, back up to the street. His wife is staring at it going, what is that? Is that a green screen? And they kind of freaked out and, and took off. See, it, this why I it's, I don't think it's one phenomenon. I doing don't either, things. dude. The more I've been thinking about this, this is like this is like every sci-fi thing all in one. Okay, this is we've all heard of this place, Skywalker Ranch. This sounds like a Skywalker Ranch's national park. Skinwalker. Skinwalker. Skinwalker yes, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Skinwalker, Skinwalker is uh, is yeah, in Skinwalker Ranch. Ranch. Dude, you're lucky on a show that the host fucks up everything. Uh, no one will even <laughs> notice that. So, uh, it's, it's Skinwalker Ranch. It sounds like that. Yes. Fucking GHB kids missing. That's a great point, dude. With Fucking the uh, dog people. I, just, I, I I think that so my, my theory is at, at this point is that there are certain areas of uh, of this earth where things are the, the our reality is a little thinner, you know, and things can either wander out or you can accidentally wander into. Oh. And some places like Skinwalker Ranch is very malleable and it's just a, it's just, it's a natural cul-de-sac for all this kind of activity. And sometimes when people are out wandering in the woods, they actually wander into this different land and they are kind of twisted in a different reality and people can't find them. Uh, there, there's a there's a, a story in this Missing 411 book from it's uh, Harry Mahoney from like 1925 where this, these kids were out hunting. And this one kid, uh, 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 Mahoney, he got separated, found him uh, later. I think the next year he had guns with him. What? The next and, year? They found they well, he's dead. They found his body next year. Oh, really? and so they, they found his body next year. He, he had his pistol with him, but he expended all his pistol rounds and he was not but a half mile away from the camp. So typically when you're a hunter and you're missing, you fire off three shots to let people know you're in distress. It's like one on one. So you are you're telling me that this this kid fired off three shots within a half mile and his friends didn't hear it. No, he had to have been probably in a different place where that sound didn't reach yes, his buddies. dude. Oh, my God. Do you have any other cases? I could just listen to cases all day. Oh, there was There's a case a, where a, a 
a research uh, one of they, they were like searching for this kid and one of the people searching got lost oh no yeah imagine how crazy that is the person searching got lost with their dog and they they got found later but he went missing for a whole day as well and with did his he say dog what happened no he just said he just fucking didn't know where he was like he said he disappeared they never found the kid they were looking for but the the researcher, whatever you call that guy, he he went missing for a little bit. Well, dude, what about the the fire in the sky guy, uh, Walton Thomas Walton? You know, he says he was abducted and he reappeared five days later. I mean, he went missing from everybody, and then yeah. came out five days later. And he was, uh, hold on, I got the. Is that recent? Uh, this was uh, Travis, in seventy five. Back in the 60s, 70s, 75. I saw Travis speak, and his, oh, his story wow. is really compelling in person, uh, and it goes into way more detail. Like when he, when Travis Walton was abducted up in uh, northern Arizona, uh, he was abducted in an area that has some of the the, the most uh, lightning strikes of anywhere in the world. And so, under his opinion, when he approached the the uh, the UFO to interact with it, uh, he believes that the UFO was there actually harvesting particular types of crystals that only exist uh, through the through the lightning strikes. He believes he wasn't attacked by the UFO, but he was actually struck by lightning by being in close proximity to this UFO and that the UFO, uh, they, they took him aboard to save his life. Uh, and so they brought him on, did medical procedures with him, uh, on him, and he encountered two of the, the gray-looking aliens, but he also said uh, there were some very human-looking people there, and he, he thought he was being taken to some sort of hangar and then he was dropped off. Um, he like so his story is much different in person than what you see in the movie Fire in the Sky. It's fascinating stuff. But as for any other like missing four eleven case, I got some I got some audio here. Uh, one is uh, David Flatus talking about yes, please. Uh, All day, dude. Uh, Stephen Fawcett, I have and also have. Uh, David Plato uh, talking about MUFON. Let's let's do the, Steve, the so the Stephen Fawcett. This is like four minutes. Uh, why don't we do the uh, David Plato talking about uh, UFOs and missing people? It's about a, a minute and a half. Here we go. I'm all about that, dude. MUFON. I've been a MUFON investigator for 16, 15 years now. So I see a lot of things. The MUFON's mutual UFO network. I see a lot of things, and I say, wow. That relates to this, possibly. What happened was is that uh, the Cape Fear River, North Southern Carolina, I can't remember now. Anyhow, the Cape Fear, this person wrote about a, an alien encounter that they had along the river, and they named the location. And I said, whoa, next. That corresponds to two people I've written about. This is within miles that they disappeared from inside of homes what? One case, a boy is staying with his aunt in a home with their dog who's sleeping next to the boy on the floor in the family room. The aunt says, I'm going to turn the alarm on. So if he leaves, I'll hear the alarm will go off. She goes to sleep. She wakes up. The dog and the boy are gone. Alarm didn't go off. And huge search never found. Subsequent to that, another case under almost identical circumstances, boy disappears within two miles, never found. These are all the cases I've written about that are inside a home under almost identical circumstances. You're, what you're going to find is that police and search and rescue people, when they can't find an answer to something, 
they will immediately go, oh, it's a criminal case. It's abduct. They will use the word abduction. That's, that's their answer to everything. Is it usually kids, like underage? Uh, usually, the, the, so the kids, um, they're, they're typically, uh, from what I've read, anywhere from uh, toddler up to like 10 to 12. You know, th- that's the, the kid range that, that go abducted. And, and the people in, that do wind up coming back, most likely alive, are kids. Uh, there was a, a case fairly recently, last year, maybe a year and a half ago, where a, a toddler in Kentucky was missing. And I was covering it right from the get-go. And they found this kid alive three days later in the absolute cold this it was freezing outside and uh they found this kid alive like uh not very far from his house and he was up on this ridge it was very difficult to get to the the rescue worker said the kid stated that a bear kept him alive he made friends with a bear and a bear kept him alive now that's not unique there are often other stories of kids encountering friendly dogs and tall tree men that protect them what bigfoot tree men are bigfoot why can't tree men just be tree men i don't know that's a bigfoot there's uh, there's there's one a case that uh, david place talked about believe from the early 1900s where this girl was uh was out at dusk and uh, she was missing uh some family friends and and her father found her uh, her hat was missing, and when asked what happened to her hat, she said, a dog ate my hat, which is weird. But you, you see this over and over again, and a lot of times when these, these small kids, kids that can't navigate much on their own, they're found miles and miles away uh, over terrain that would be very difficult even for a skilled hiker or runner to accomplish, and they wind up within uh 24 hours 19 miles away a toddler how how are, how are you doing that unless that kid is being picked up and carried or taken by somebody a lot of it this doesn't make sense and so search and rescue and police the police just in general they they don't want to explain it away how are you really going to explain it away hey mike i heard there's different laws i heard you can't use a drone in the national parks you have to ask for permission or something it's federal property i can see them wanting permission but i don't know that for sure there's a couple things I want to ask you about. You guys remember that Canadian guy that somehow, like, he was skiing, and then the next thing you know, he is found on the uh, in California. Yeah, Constantino and- Philippides. He is. A, he was a 49 year old firefighter. This guy was in great shape. You know, he was a, a very respected member of the community. He was skiing in New York with all his ski clothes on. And he wound up six days later in California with no memory of how he got there. But at some point along the way, he decided to get a haircut. <laughs> so I, so it, it, it appears in, in certain circumstances like this, and I, there are other cases within Missing 411 where people will just start to do things that are out of their normal character. Like there's a there is a case of uh, this young up and coming doctor where uh, his parents found him out back burning all of his electronics. And the next day, boom, he's gone. They found him halfway across the country really, uh, uh, in between some boulders. It, it, it appears as though there might be some external influence that would cause somebody to just do do things they would wouldn't 
normally do. It's, oh my God. Like this, this guy, the guy we just talked about, the firefighter, he blacked out. He has no memory. Or if he does remember anything, he's not telling anybody. So did a trucker take him across the country? Or did he just somehow wander into some portal that took him across the country and he was able to navigate space and time? That's so interesting, dude. Have you heard of the Pascagoula abduction? P A S C A G O U L A abduction. No. It's supposedly these two gentlemen were out fishing, and they got. They say they had. They got the alleged. Uh, supposedly, here it is. The Wikipedia. October 11, nineteen seventy-three. Co-workers, forty-two-year-old Charles Hickinson and nineteen-year-old Kelvin Parker told the Jackson County Mississippi Sheriff's Office that the, that they were fighting off, uh, they were fishing off the pier of West Bank of the Pescalugula River in Mississippi when they heard a whirling and whizzing sound. They also saw two flashes of blue light, an oval-shaped object 30 to 40 feet across, 8 to 10 feet high. Parker uh, and Hickson claimed they were conscious but paralyzed. With three creatures, robotic soup slip mouths, okay, and crab like pinchers, took them aboard and the objects and subject them to examinations before releasing them. Now, they go to the cops and talk about this, right? The cops put them on a lie detector, they pass the lie detector. I'm on board. It, it, it's, it seems like there are a group of entities that have access to certain passageways, and we are just here for the pickets. Uh, dude, I, I, I just think this realm is so much easy, so much more interesting than people think. That we may be I, the highest level of hell or the, or the lowest level of heaven, or maybe both. And there, it's just like... We are like the we are the entities Tijuana. Like they just come here and just do what they want with us, Westworld style, right? It's like Men in Black that episode. You know uh, the, the one not, the, when you come into that port city or whatever, and it's all these crazy like aliens coming through. Yeah, it's a it's a it, port. It very well could be, or maybe that uh, that deal that Eisen, Eisenhower supposedly made back in the fifties with the aliens. They say, "Hey, you can abduct anybody you want from our national force, but please try to leave everything else alone." Whoa, that's interesting. Do you think that was in the the agreement? Whoa. There's got to be some exchange for technology, right? I'm sure there's not given away for free, Damn. but I mean that's a possibility. If that meeting did take place. And aliens are willing to negotiate an exchange for technology. Why wouldn't they want something in return? And what do, what does the federal government have domain over? Federal property. That's perfect. You can Whoa. just say you got eaten alive or something. Yeah. yeah. That's like, some okay. crazy shit. And you know what? I was talking this on my uh, on the show the other day with Brian Callen. It's about how. Um, it's always like rednecks that they abduct, right? <laughs> like you never hear them abducting. And I got a joke about, but they don't ju abduct anybody from West Hollywood. Well, it's interesting Where though, because he, he's saying the missing 411 profile is actually intelligent people, right? Educated people. Is that 
Uh, yeah. Uh, they, so uh, of German descent, uh, intelligent uh, doctors, physicists. Uh, there's a whole group of physicists that would that went missing. I in think what California. you're talking about, Sam, is that it's more of a rural profile. It's like people who are in like less populated areas, probably. Well, also, what what you guys just described, though, it would give authorities the, the agreement with Eisenhower, if that does exist, it would give the authorities an incentive to cover these things up, you know, because before we've been like, why, why, you know, why wouldn't they want to get to the bottom of it? But I mean, if it's part of some kind of agreement, some extra judicial agreement, you know, this larger than the government. With this miss, yeah, and this, I'm following your yeah. your lead right I mean, here, Johnny. That's why they're doing it. With this missing four one, are there any kind of men in black that show up and everybody's yeah. like, "Hey, dude, you know, don't talk to anybody. those men in black stories are the creepiest." The dude, man. how about that video? I don't know if it's real, but it's super creepy. I love how the men in black like walk into the lobby and like talk to the dude at the front desk. And and like, like, oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That you know what's interesting is the men in black, as they've been described, sound very similar to actually what. Uh, what the what's the fire in the guy's name? It sounds like the humanoids he kind of Tra Travis Walton that were yeah. also aboard the the ship, you know, that kind of guided him out or whatever. They sound kind of similar in form. To well, uh, it, it does appear in uh, some of these missing four eleven cases that the FBI is aware of this, um, but uh, it might be so compartmentalized that one one particular bureau or 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 yeah. a regional FBI office is not aware of what the other has information on but there are reports of people that go missing and then very quickly after there uh is a SWAT team that is deployed to the area which is very unusual uh and then David Platus talks about this case where a boy goes missing and during the search um the Green Berets are deployed wow and uh typically Green Berets are not deployed for for missing people and in general um, the FBI are not deployed for adult missing people. The, the FBI will assist in missing people for children or if they believe it's across state lines. But there's a, there's a, a story in the most recent uh, movie by David Floyd is called Hunters, where he features uh, the story of, a, of an older hunter who went out hunting with like uh, five of his buddies. Uh, they, they, they spread out on, on the land. And he sat on a stump, and that's the last time he was ever seen. Now, people in the area, maybe about 100 yards away, they said they, they heard something uh, pretty close to the time of his disappearance. Uh, and it sounded like a trap closing, according to them. A what? A trap closing. Like, like a bear I trap? Can, here, here is exactly what he said from, uh, from that movie. Johnny, was my gut out? Did you really tell you about a he heard in the woods that day. He said he heard some kind of snapping or crack sound that was strange. It wasn't something he normally hears in the woods. He still talks to me about it. I don't know. He almost said it sounded like a like a big trap closing or something. I I, I don't know. You know. I, I I think there could be dimensional traps. You know, like uh, these uh, these weird traps that are set up. If you wander into one, boom. Trap your clothes, and then that sends a, a notification off to somebody where they can come down and inspect the what is in that trap. If they like what you got, you're abducted. If they don't like it, they might kill or release you, depending on what they feel at the time. Oh, oh my God! They got Wi-Fi. <laughs> that would explain why, right? This guy is trying to like pull himself up a tree, but is unable to, right? He's trying to maybe pull himself free from a trap that he can't even see. Possibly. Like it's like you know when you see like animals in like. 
traps. They well, like, remember they the guy to... had a broken leg, right? He's at the base of a tree, wasn't he? And he was trying to he pull found, himself up he, a tree with a belt. Either he could, it was it's speculated that he wound, wound up jumping from the tree. Uh, okay. Um, like he no longer wanted to be in the tree. And in the other case from Donald Trump, not Donald Trump, Donald <laughs> Trump, uh, maybe it is Trump. Uh, during that during that whole ordeal when he was battling aliens or robots in the 1960s out in the woods, uh, he contemplated suicide. He contemplated, it was so overwhelming to him that he didn't want to deal with it anymore. And he contemplated throwing himself from the tree to just end it all. But he, you know, he had a family and some kids. So he decided to, Continue to fight robots for uh, for the rest of the morning. I heard that the men the in black actually came to Barack Obama's house, oh, and they were. <laughs> You're rude, Johnny, and nobody appreciates that. We're up here trying to fight for freedoms here. Um, trying to fight robots. We're trying to fight robots. Yeah, dude, that's so interesting. I, I just like so. I'm looking at this Reddit that's on uh, the missing 411, and one thing they talk about is how. That you know, Pol what's his name? Politis is that his name? David Politis, yeah. yeah. Politis tried to get a list from them, and they tried to charge him uh, thirty-four thousand dollars. Yeah, they they uh, so when especially when it comes to these national parks, they claim they don't have a data a database of missing people. Um, they do have it. Uh, it just they're going to charge you so an arm much. and a leg. To get it, and I believe, uh, like for all the names of the people in Yosemite, was in the excess of like uh, well over a half million dollars for them to process that request. They'll say, "Hey, we got the information. You just got to pay for it." it it's it's like they they make it so difficult uh, through the bureaucracy of it all that that you can't do any sort of uh, investigation. So he's limited on to what he can afford and what he can get through just standard FOIA requests. So and no he has, he's. So no one knows exactly how many people have been missing at the Yosemite Park. Like, there's not an exact number. I I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I I don't think he can. Uh, I don't think he has an exact uh, number when it comes to like specific more uh, missing four eleven cases. I don't even know if Yosemite keeps a running toll. I mean, that'd be bad for tourism. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like uh, it's like cop brutality. They didn't keep that track until up well, until no, recently. No, it's like Disney. It's you hear about Disneyland, you know, they have people die. They just drag them off the property to die or whatever. You know, they wait for the... they. The rumor is that they wait for people to be declared dead until they're off the property, you know, like they get them, and then then they're even if they're like drowning victims or whatever. Johnny, that's crazy, Johnny. Johnny they, that's crazy. No, they do that at raves. If someone dies at the <laughs> rave, they'll take you to the hospital, declare dead there. That way, the government and they won't shut down the raves and they don't get sued. So technically, they'll just they'll just drag you over there, declare dead somewhere else you know that way that no happens? one gets us. yeah it happens I'm not, all the time I mean, i'm not surprised at a rave but that Disney happened at jean-claude van damme in Bloodsport, where they they just left <laughs> his <laughs> brother outside and that's why he came back and had to kill uh, tom poe yeah, uh, yeah. so so here's an interesting thing so uh, politis uh tries to get the information from all 383 parks this is on a reddit uh subreddit and 383 parks do you know how much they, an attorney said it would cost to get all 338 reports 1.4 million dollars how much 1.4 yeah that's insane yeah that's insane i mean i mean that's our paper you know it's a federal government i mean we pay for that we pay for the the, the bureaucracy of it all why are they charging him again for information that is of, of public concern at also, this point. Also, make, make your records sense. digital. Well, yeah. You know, come on. No, because that would be easy, dude. Yeah, I know. They don't want it to be easy. Of course they don't. 
Yeah, dude. Imagine if all if nine eleven was digital. Then what would have happened? Um, some people do down. think it. I don't know what you said right there. <laughs> Did, if if nine eleven, say that again. I said if if those nine eleven files were digital, if, if that's why they destroyed uh, Tower Seven. Okay. If they would have been digital. Uh, <laughs> can't destroy it. why destroy right. it you still got proof of it on another computer all right all right i respect that so the, so did you talk about <laughs> joe keller's i don't even know what you're saying there i'm just i'm just going along <laughs> uh some cases i i do it's just this whole thing is nuts it's it's a can of worms because uh, every every theory is pretty much just as valid as anybody else it's a it's an endlessly fascinating topic there's a lot of books on it and there's so many cases it's, it's really hard to keep track of I've gone off the beaten path and like there's a there's a great book by uh, Michael Harrison called Vanishings and in here he digs back he digs back away uh to things that is about missing people and just weird circumstances it's not necessarily missing 411 but they sound kind of familiar like this story uh Charles Ashmore teenage son of an American farmer disappeared November 1878, his voice was heard until the following midsummer. Some even say months after the lad's vanishing. So the what? kid went missing, and you could still hear his voice in that area. Like, he was trapped in a room just outside this dimension, yelling for help. You know what? That is like some straight-up uh, stranger things, right? Yeah, yes. Well, you know, Stranger Things, they, they kind of wrote that from, like, the Montauk Project. and Well, and, no, they uh, ripped off this mm -hmm. one woman's, it's almost verbatim, her website. She oh, really? says she's Did 11. She no, she's not. That. She's just kind of like, I had the powers and now I did not. And it's just like, everyone's <laughs> like, why don't you see them? <laughs> it's like, she could, said she could control the weather. She can't do it anymore. Uh, but it's like, but these things are just like. It's so interesting because, like, there's all these, like, evidence. And then you go, and then you tell somebody who doesn't believe in it. They're like, well, why wouldn't everybody know about it? That's a question for you, Midnight Mike. Why doesn't, why isn't this blatantly obvious to people? All this stuff. I Well, I there are articles that are written about this. Like, uh, the Missing 411 phenomenon in general has been written about uh in some major publications it just doesn't gain a lot of traction uh it doesn't get pumped out there so you have to get in the right news cycles to to make it concerning to people i don't know why more people don't care about missing kids uh or yeah, missing people in that's general my question. I, I don't know why i why uh, missing puppies they would be losing their skulls they would be losing their skulls Missing children? I don't know why. Everybody loves when a new baby is born. Everybody runs around like it's the greatest thing ever. And then we're like, yeah, the kid's missing. Like, oh, what can you do? And I was just like, kind of crazy. Anyways, the Lakers are playing tonight, right? It's just like <laughs> nobody cares. Like, in particular, white female entertainers in Hollywood are really upset that a guy that they're auditioning for gave them googly eyes. But they could not care that maybe that same guy is involved with pedophilia. They just, it's like, it, it's so crazy how they compartmentalize everything. I, I think there's just a, a, a certain segment of, of people, people that like to use their imagination that are really fascinated by mysteries and, and uh, find it intriguing. Uh, it's not like, it's not necessarily I'm like after the truth. I just find the subject very fascinating and I, I'm, 
very curious in the resolution of a lot of these cases. What what could it possibly be? I mean, like uh, David Plaitis goes into some of his theories like he, he does. He's he's had some TV specials where he goes to Mount Shasta to investigate uh, portals. He, he goes to places where people have gone missing uh, in, in like sacred land, Native American land and has done like space time tests to find out if there's any sort of space time distortion. And it, 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 it seriously looks like David Politis is leaning into some sort of portal area. Why isn't that fascinating to people? Why? I mean, why wouldn't that be concerning? He's like, you know what? We don't know everything about physics. It is possible that random portals could open up and your kid could walk into one of them. So make sure you baby proof your portals. I don't know. <laughs> there should be some sort of concern, but it doesn't. It looks like the news wants their conclusion and a genuine mystery kind of frustrates and scares them. I, I think it does scare them. I think they like acceptable fear. Yes. I think manageable. they would rather think about Islamic terrorism and being given up their civil rights and thinking about there are things outside of structure that, you know, cops and government can't protect them from that. They, because it's, it's almost like slavery, right? It's like people love talking about slavery that happened a hundred, 200, 300 years ago. But when you actually try to bring up slavery going on today in, in Libya, nobody wants anything to do with it. Because that involves actually getting into places that's uncomfortable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like talking about uh, slavery from uh, we all have our takes. Black people complain. White people apologize. And everybody seems to agree that's okay, right? That's how we want to be. And slavery was wrong, obviously. But when we bring up, hey, LeBron, there's slavery going on right now in Libya. Nobody seems to want to be engaged in that conversation. Because that actually takes uh, understanding and actually mind and willpower to deal with. It requires some weird, uh, some real work, you know, and uh, no, no one really wants to do any real work. And it's in the same way that the government has the, the denied the existence or studies of UFOs for the past 60 to 70 years. Only recently has the Pentagon and Navy acknowledged UAPs or UFOs because for whatever reason, the story seems manageable now. It's what you deny something unless you can figure out an end game to it. Because for them to acknowledge uh, 10 years ago that UFOs are real, yeah, our airspace is being violated with impunity over and over again. And guess what? There's not a goddamn thing we can do about it. Well, it shows that the government is infallible and their power is not unlimited. There is a, a greater power out there. So yes. they don't want to submit themselves to something that they don't completely understand and have an answer for. So why are they bringing out UFOs right now? Probably because they have an answer for it, or at least that's that's what they're going to sell everyone. What here's a theory that Johnny was talking about the other day. Johnny thought that maybe this four one one because it involves Germans. These are the spirits of the lost in the Holocaust. I go, Johnny, that sounds like anti-Semitism. He's like, no, just hear me out. And Johnny's like, they're coming back to exact revenge on the descendants of Nazis. I'm like, Johnny, that sounds crazy, but I'll say it for you and I'll ask uh, Midnight Mike. <laughs> Thanks, do you, Sam. Do Thank you have you. any thoughts perfectly, on Johnny's? Perfectly articulated. Exactly my thoughts. <laughs> it's not. So here's here's my thought on that, um, and uh, I think that uh, missing 411 uh, with all these places, there there are portals that are accessible to people who have the technology or who know the code to dial into these portals, 
And oh, like if you know the code, calling. you can dial into it. <laughs> and I, I think some of the German people, the, like the physicists call. and the, 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 the medical doctors that are being abducted could be uh, the remnants of the Third Reich or the Fourth Reich that need so new scientists. Right. Yeah. And so they're abducting people of German lineage to continue their work on. So Hitler is um, still alive? Damn, dude! I was joking, Wait, so but I'm on to something. Does Whoa. that suggest some kind of epigenetic like uh, knowledge that they would that would have been passed through the generations? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like they would, uh, would, like cell memory. You know, like they like because why else would the descendants of someone who learned something know that same information? You know what I mean? I, oh, I, I'm, what I'm saying is like there could be. Uh, multiple different groups with the same technology using these portals to do whatever they want. Oh, well, um, are you suggesting then that it's been passed down potentially uh, among? I think it, I I don't think it's it's a strong possibility because of Project Paperclip that the Third Reich really didn't disappear; it just mutated into something else. Oh, I think that's for true. I think that's one. You know? It became the CIA. And, but dude, okay, how about this, Johnny? I, I'm going to tag your bit. Okay, that you were talking about yesterday. <laughs> Maybe they're grabbing these scientists to help further the further their research and just relieve like leaving behind like the magician, right? You remember the magician movie that would clone himself and kill off his clone? Maybe they're just leaving dead clones to throw off the set. So there is a story um, oh, that, that's go. not that far off. It's a missing 411 <laughs> case where this uh, I think it's 11 or 12 year old kid was in the woods. Um, he was woken up by uh, his grandmother and was taken to um, a, a cave. And I, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was uh, his dead grandmother. And it was taken to a cave. And for whatever reason, this kid went with his, his grandmother. And he remembers, like, sparks kind of shooting off of her. Like, she wasn't actually real. And the grandmother insisted that he take a shit or a crap on this piece of plastic <laughs> and would kept insisting on him to do it over and over again. Come on, buddy. Um, do it for your grandma. Take a little poo-poo right here on that, the plastic. That's what he remembers. And now, if I remember, it, it wasn't his, his, his dead grandmother. It was just his grandmother. So, and he remembers looking around the cave and seeing like kind of other like robotic-like things. So the, the sequence ends, but he winds up telling his story. It turns out that his grandmother went camping in the same area like three or four weeks, three or four weeks prior. But she remembers being pricked in her neck by something. Oh, come on. And and she just chalked it up as to like a bug bite. Um you know, these there's weird things. Was she cloned and turned into some sort was of she mutant shit? robot to force her to force her kid to take a shit on something? <laughs> it's like these are bizarre Which situations. Which goes back to Germans and scat and all yeah. that stuff that Nazis were into. Damn, I mean, dude, this thing got deeper. Take a, I mean, I mean, if, if we want to stick in the German UFO stuff, the 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 UFO wave over DC in 1952. Mm -hmm. To, to me, is a display of force by the remnants of the Third Reich uh, to show that they still had air superiority. And so, I mean, you look at 1952 D.C., there's a UFO flap over D.C., and the, the authorities are like, nah, it's just geese. No, it's a technology that is being used to show that, hey, you're not in power. Yeah, you grab some of our scientists, but we still got some of the tech. It's just I don't think they I don't think they really went away. 
I don't think I, I don't think Rome went away. I I think Rome just re rebrand themselves, the church, Nazis. I think all that shit, dude. I think it's all the Jesuits are in, up to some shit. Uh, and I, dude, I think I think this could be some multiple dimension shit. These could be like seriously, man. Germans coming back, getting the best of their people to bring into to work on these projects, releasing like. I think it's possible. But one thing I wanted to talk about because last time you were on, and this really piqued our 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 thoughts was that your thoughts and uh, you know I know we talked about but I want to revisit it basically that these people wander into forces force mm-hmm. and it, it's too much for the simulation to they keep, get booted yeah and they yeah, just they get, get reabsorbed into the simulation I well I don't I don't think the the simulation theory uh, you can have both uh both you can have the simulation theory work with missing 411 and people who use these portals which is just an api call to create a portal you're just tunneling you're just i mean you're basically using the simulation to travel uh from end to end you just know the you just know the codes to to create a portal and where are these these entry and exit points are i don't think that's mutually i don't think you have to have one or the other i think you can live in the simulation and also have all this other stuff going on and uh, maybe I like I said I don't think it's any one thing. I think it's a bunch of different things that all have access to the same knowledge. So it could be the uh, old old Germans abducting people. Could be aliens. Could be Bigfoot. All using this technology or these portals to do whatever they need to do. Um, as for the simulation theory being booted from the server because they don't want to render it for you. Um, that's a possibility. They find people under trees sometimes, like in some of the missing 411 cases, uh, a person goes missing and then they wind up finding that body underneath a tree with big roots. How does that happen? Unless it's placed there or rendered there. Um, what it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. You, they find people, uh, in very weird situations, uh, in very locations that they would never be able to get themselves into unless they're assisted in some way. Do you think that because we calcify our pineal gland, we don't see a lot of this stuff? I don't know. I mean, calcify it through uh, drinking water and fluoride, the chemicals, like we harden this thing. So we're not, so let's say our, our Wi-Fi system isn't open to certain kind of, um, uh, energies and, and vibrations. I think you have to be open to this stuff. And I think the more that you are willing to indulge in stuff, the more you read about stuff. Um, I, I got a, a couple of friends who one, one is a psychic medium and the other is like a, a trance channeler. And they were doing some, uh, they're trying to help people uh, get rid of spirits in their houses. And so they're reading up on this stuff uh, and the darker side of, of spirits and they they realized the more that they read up on this stuff the more that this stuff would start to be in their lives objects would start to move around more they would start to feel more malevolent forces because they were in that world they started to surround themselves with that material more often so they started to see it more and experience it more i think if you want these experiences that you have to immerse yourself in it and believe it then 
only and only then I think you will start to experience stuff. You're open-minded uh, to you it. You have to be open to it and you have to believe. The power of belief is very important. So so you know, we did a broken simulation yesterday. We did a fake kung fu masters and then we did a fake um a fake psychic. And you know, there's a famous gentleman, what was his name that somehow still alive. The guy was like 90 James Randy. He's talking about James Randy. Is who he's talking about? James Randy, and he debunks all the psychic stuff. And so it comes down to, you know, it's like it's like when people want to go, oh, if there's a god, tell him to strike me down right now. And it's like that, in my opinion, is not how it works. It's not like that. There's nobody like beep and just hitting you with that. Like that's not how it works. It's an energy thing. Um, but when there's always this thing, okay, make this psychic thing happen right now, and nobody can ever make it do it, except for the guy who did the UFO stuff. You remember on camera, on that oh, news yeah. thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy who summoned the, the y- y- Yahweh. Yahweh, yeah. Yeah, and some, of course, goes, it's been debunked. Whenever anybody says it's been debunked, I know they read the title to an article, and they just never read the article. They oh, just yeah, every time. Right? Every fucking time. Uh, but... We've seen where they try to do these things on camera, and for some reason, maybe it never works out. Why do you think that is? I I, I don't know why it doesn't work out, but there there is a, a group of scientists that do study this phenomenon, and I believe it is statistically provable that it doesn't exist. They're looking for, like, for skeptics, they're looking for 100%. Like, it's got to happen. If it doesn't happen now, it's fake. Um, and I, I don't think that's a very good way to, to look at it. Um, I think there's a, a, a scientist, Bill, uh, Bingston, he does, he's the SSE. He does scientific, uh, exploratory research. He studies like psi phenomenon, healing at a distance, and he's got papers and he's got data to back up that, uh, psychic healing does work. He's got the data. Now he tries to talk to skeptics and skeptic groups about it and they, go into it wanting to be convinced, but they don't look at the data. They just believe that it's not going to work. So they're not going to look at the data. It's like, it's weird. Well, I call uh, that he, Brian Callen on the conspiracy social club. There's like, plenty of data. There's plenty of data that this stuff does exist. Now, how often it happens? Uh, is it just 1% or 2%? But if you're saying to somebody, Hey, 1% of the time we have this remote viewer who can locate something that's going to save millions of lives. Wouldn't you want to take that chance? Yeah, I Maybe. agree. I, mean, I totally agree. I totally, dude, that's so crazy about the trees, man. People coming up under the trees and the roots are through the, the body. It's, it was underneath the, the body was underneath the tree. That's, that's a real case. Yeah, I don't know. Off top, I forget which one it is off the top of my head. But I mean, David Pilatus goes into his, he he talks about a story of this priest. Uh, I believe in the southwest. Uh, he wandered. He was wandering out in the desert, and he said he wandered into a boulder and was inside a boulder for quite a while until he wandered his way out of a boulder. That's what a priest says. Now you would imagine a priest wouldn't want to tell anybody because that sounds like some voodoo devil shit. Stuff. But that's what he's, he wandered into a boulder. That sounds like a very uh, fluid reality where you just kind of accidentally pressed up against it. It's like, oh, shit, I'm in a rock. What do I do? Well, it reminds me of this thing that we used to, I, I don't know, when we, like when we were first learning about uh, physics 
in school, you know, this idea that if the atoms in the universe aligned in a certain way, you could like, that if you knew at that moment to press your hand against the table, your hand could just kind of pass through the table. You know, I mean, because nothing is actually yeah, solid. You know, right, everything right, is moving. Right. Yeah. It's kind of what we were talking about yesterday, right? So if the you body, could, our bodies are pretty much empty. Yeah, if you could find a way to manipulate objects, you know, if, if these people have, uh, these creatures have the technology to manipulate the atoms in an object, you know, it could appear solid, and then you could just end up trapped inside of it, or, you know, I and it, it sounds to me like uh, some of the, like, some of these are deliberate, and then some of these are just people who have wandered into a, some kind of field of, of experimentation or something unwittingly, you know, and they aren't really meant yeah. to be there, you know what I mean? Some some do seem accidental. That's why, like, it's a yeah. portal. You actually wander in. Uh, there's a there's a case in this uh, the law book where it was like a two-year-old girl went missing for like 72 hours, um, and she wound up being found uh, alive. Uh, she was wet. Uh, but she was she was okay, and she recalled saying that she was on a hill watching people look for her, and so <laughs> she saw the torches and people out calling her name. But she just sat on a hill and watched everyone. None of the searchers saw her. It was like she was just kind of like uh, on one side of a, a one way mirror, you know, or two way mirror. Um, so she was able to observe, but they weren't able to observe her. And so she just so maybe crazy. wandered in for a few hours and wandered out. It I believe seems, all that shit. I think the world is way more interesting than well, people want to know. They think Bigfoot's a time traveler or whatever, yeah. a realm changer. Yeah. That would make sense that he just dips out wherever they go. Dips in, dips out, yeah. dog, man. And it's not even necessary. I mean, you know, you think of Bigfoot and you think of something kind of primitive, but it's not necessarily technology. I mean, there could be some kind of species that's adapted to just take advantage of these... You know the the dimension, like dimension hopping species that evolved in, you know, in between dimensions, possibly. It kind of reminds me of Chewbacca. He moves yeah, in his bit. technology. They throwing it at you with the Star Wars. Be like, look, there's other shit out there that's hairy, <laughs> that comes in and out of dimensions. He comes in, he comes out. I don't know. I don't know about what. That one. What a Chewbacca is it? A, a, a time traveler? No, he doesn't. Talk. What what Mexican version <laughs> did you watch? No, all I'm saying is if that's another dimension, like Star Wars, he could go into. No, could, he's just from a different planet, though. He's from Kashik. Yeah, yeah, he's just. A, he's a different planet, and they and they they're traveling through space, but they hey, could have technology where it brings them into earth i guess anything's possible. i mean it, it could be bigfoot uh, a lot of these stories um they they do have like depending on where you are in the world uh some attribute it to uh fairies um because oh, of uh, the fairies have a, a long history of, uh, of around uh boulders and people who often are who go missing they're they say hey i'm gonna go out and pick some berries and next thing you know they go missing so there could be some sort of um, fairy connection or ultra terrestrial connection. Like ultra terrestrial is a name uh, just used for. It's not extraterrestrial. It's just this other realm of of people that currently we share this reality with. We just can't interact with them. Fairies. You can call it uh, Bigfoot. You can call it jinns uh, or genies. Uh, this other realm that can just kind of dip in, take what they want, and 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 dip out. Who told us that fairies fuck Bigfoot? That that's how they fucking have kids. You remember someone came and told us that. Man, I'm off. To, I'm off on this one, Sam. Where are you at? <laughs> someone, yeah, someone said that fucking they mate with fairies, Bigfoot and fairies mate each that other. That seems like a weird. I, I'm assuming fa I'm Tinker. I think they're t Tinkerbell, right? 
Well, I think there's uh, the the production, according to some of the, the stuff that I read, is that Bigfoot is the result of like the Nephilim having sex with humans. And the result is the Bigfoot lineage. Here we go again, dude. It always goes back Earth to that. Earth chicks give up the ass to everybody. <laughs> I don't care whether it's demons, giant, anything to piss off dad. <laughs> well, there, there, there was this blog post uh, from somebody about uh, Invisible Bigfoot. Um, that supposedly in the 1970s, the Lawrence Livermore Labs managed to get their hands on a few Bigfoot and they're invisible and they lost track of them. And so they wound up uh, roaming around the, the labs, uh, eating people's food out of the uh, refrigerator totally. until they just couldn't find them anymore. Uh, because the Bigfoot, according to them, according to this blog, was that they can kind of phase in and out and they're just kind of semi-translucent. Invisible Bigfoot. And there's also rumors that uh, Bigfoot has the ability to incapacitate its prey. Like it can mentally stun its prey uh, to... To Maybe. then do whatever it needs to do with them. Maybe that whether guy we a, saw in that martial like arts, martial arts yeah. master. Yeah, he's a Bigfoot. Yeah. Maybe he's <laughs> you, a Bigfoot. Using their 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 chi, a forced chi strike to incapacitate their prey. Wow, dude. This goes down so many different roads. The the fairies and the jinns that comes back over uh, comes up over and over again. There are uh, stories of demons from the from the mid east. Um, the Middle East uh, or the Mid East, like Ohio. Well, not not the Midwest, Mid East, but but uh, demons that will have various weird weather patterns can they, they can control the weather upon their their entrance or exit of a a, a particular area. So manipulation of the weather, uh, which fits is, into is your four one one theory. You know, these kind of sound yeah. like to me, dude. I, that, I know we come back to this a lot, but that thing of the native trying to describe Columbus's ships, you know, it sounds like us primitives trying to describe you know in the past some possible you know technology that was just indescribable so we're yeah. like fair, they're fairies you know or well uh, if, Bigfoot. If, if time travel is possible who knows uh, yeah. i think could be these nazis occultic nazis tapped into something and they could be going back and grab you know grabbing people from the way past so I, I can I can play you one last clip from this yes. uh, from yes. from uh, from what David Politis. Right, I've had a lot of fun. Your clips, Johnny's Nazi theory. <laughs> you you talk about. <laughs> I love so, it. This has been the best. <laughs> this is uh, from a talk that I attended. I don't know if David's ever talked about this like out on the internet, but I attended one of his talks uh, this past uh, January in Phoenix, and this is him talking about uh, Bigfoot portals. Everything. Here we go. Now, Bruce McAbee is a physicist that's done a lot of work for MUFON. I consider him a really good friend. He was in our second movie. He's an expert with photoanalysis. Expert, probably the best in the world. He sent me this photo. And if you can see at the top, there's a little orange. And down here, this is an eye. And what happened was, is a deer walked up to a game camera and triggered it. But this is facing the west. And it was taken at five in the morning. So it couldn't have been the sun climbing up, climbing up for that orange. This is a photo of the top side. 
there's a conical head, and it's really hard to see in this, but there's also two eyes there. And I asked Bruce, what in the heck is that? He says, Dave, this matches about five or six photos that were sent to me, uh, like a portal opening up and an orange horizon in the background. Folks, very similar, very similar to what was seen at Skinwalker Ranch by retired FBI agents when a portal opened up above the horizon on the land and they saw Bigfoot crawl out of the window frame and jump down onto the land. There was this orange background. What are you saying there? He's, he's got photograph from a uh, photograph from Bruce McAbee, uh, optical physicist, and they're making a, com- a, a compare and contrast of what was seen at Skinwalker Ranch, which is a portal that you can look through to a different land where it's an orange background. And this is what NIDS at Skinwalker Ranch uh, discussed and went on record about seeing. Um, they have places now. And so there appears to be, if all this is true, some way that a portal opens up to a different land and Chewbacca comes out. <laughs> Chewbacca comes through and just God knows what to whoever they want. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. We're talk- who's, walking, yeah, we're talking- who's walking into portals? Chewbacca. Uh, I mean, dude, things happen, dude. You don't know when you're in a portal. You might just walk into it. You don't know it. I mean, Arizona's got portals. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of crazy shit out there, dude. There's a lot of crazy shit out there. Midnight Mike, you crushed again, as always, man. Uh, if you love Midnight Mike, you got to check out his podcast. Uh, he's also, uh, it's called Our Big Dumb Mouth Podcast. And he's also uh, one of the leading forces, the glue of the team uh, of a very popular thing that is growing called the Union of the Unwanted. It is all your favorite independent researchers uh, getting together and discussing the latest topics. And he came, he saw, he kicked ass. Uh, anything you want to point out for them to go check out? Real quick. Nah, just uh, yeah, just take a listen to OBDM Pod. Uh, just go to OBDMPod.com. Give it a few episodes. We'll grow on you. Really appreciate it, Sam. Thank you. Hey, I dude. Really, uh, anytime. You're always welcomed. And uh, I want, and we'll talk later on uh, uh, more about the union that I wanted. We appreciate you, Midnight Mike. I appreciate you, Johnny. I appreciate you, XG, man. Thank you so much for coming today. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will talk soon. Take care. Bye. See you guys in Wisconsin.